Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> Guy went to the doctor and uh, he says, Doc, he says, what do you got? He says, uh, uh, what do you got for snoring? He says, what's the matter? He says, uh, keeping your wife up at night? He goes, Doc, I'm a preacher. I'm keeping the whole church up. <laughs> uh, I often don't tell jokes until I've really looked them over because I'm always bad. I'll botch it some way. You watch. Amen. Oh, brother. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Good. Because <laughs> I tell you, I could, wow, could I botch it. Amen. I tell you what. Um, let's see here. Amen. I got a note here because I remembered Brother Legault preaching on deciding questionable things back when he was in Quebec, and that was a sermon that really uh, got a hold of me right there. I thought, man, that's a blessing. Amen. Um, I'll give you just this real quick. Uh, this is not a joke, <laughs> okay, but, uh, you know, I, I've been up there a long time, and I've been going at it for a long time, and it's not easy to go at it and stay at it, but uh, well, praise the Lord, I have, and it's but by His grace, amen. amen. But uh, somebody asked me one time up there, they said, what keeps you going? And we built up to 40, and our church fell apart, and that was just like rot gut. It just really, really hurt, and then after it fell apart, uh, at that particular point, a guy in my church who's with me now, he looked at me, and he said, I know who's leaving next. And I just thought, oh, man. It's just like take a knife and just, just gut me and lay it all out and then trample the guts. I mean, I just really, and I said, who? And he said, you are. And I hadn't even thought about it. I hadn't even thought about leaving. And I could give you the whole story. I was telling Pastor I could pull out my violin. But I haven't thought about leaving. I don't want to leave. I want to keep going for the Lord. And uh, somebody in my church said, what keeps you going? And I said, you do. You keep me going. You guys, you, you, you come, you hear the preaching, you love the Lord. Uh, I mean, man, I didn't have anything, and you guys come, and I see you grow, and it just really, really encourages me. You guys are my encouragement. And then they had me over for dinner, and they had grilled preacher for three hours. And can you come back? after they'd criticized me and my church and my wife and everything. Yeah. That's the same people that said, what keeps you going? And I said, you do. What happens when they're gone? Man, I'm telling you. And, you know, honestly, Jesus, but um, specifically, you know, the Bible. Man, I tell you, just seeing him, you know. Um, uh, somebody said, you could see more of Jesus Christ in this book than you could if he were right in front of you physically, in front of your very eyes. Amen. Jesus does keep me going. But I'll tell you, the book, it's my encouragement. It's my foundation. It's my source. It's my strength. And uh, just being in the book, feeding off the book, that's what keeps me going. And uh, anything else other than Jesus, and I'm telling you, brother, it's just not going to work. But maybe, uh, maybe that'll be a blessing to somebody right there. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be in the service and serving the Lord and grateful that uh, you guys have been so faithful to allow me to serve the Lord. Amen. So uh, let's take our Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter number 5. <clears throat> it's like a guy said uh, to his first wife, I won't keep you long. <laughs> I got that from another preacher, so I mean that's not an original. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I get so mad at the news. My dad is with the Lord now, but before he died, which was a year ago, he quit watching the news. He couldn't handle it. He gets so mad. He gets so angry. I know. Don't you get mad. Amen. I know I get mad. I get fighting mad. Amen. Uh, I get madder than I probably should. There was a time I wanted to see blood. I just think we need a civil war. <laughs> Probably not good thinking. The Lord's convicted me about it since. But I want you to know that the solution to everything going on right now, and listen, we could go through a list. And I know elections are on our minds. We're still waiting for the results unless, I mean, if something's been decided and I haven't seen the news, I don't think, I think that we're still waiting. All right, so, you know, who's going to get in? 
what are the Republicans going to do? Da, 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 da. And we're thinking about all this stuff. And I just want you to know tonight, politics is not the answer. Amen. Amen. Voting is not the answer. Donald Trump. Ouch. He's not the answer. The Tea Party is not the answer. A revolution in military action is not the answer. <laughs> it took me a while to figure that out. I wasn't preaching it, but in my heart I'm going, how can they take this lying down, you know? <laughs> it just really gets under my skin. It's just like uh, there was a point where I was studying the beginnings of the United States of America, and it was because what I got in high school just really wasn't sufficient. And, you know, I, where did our country come from? Some people say it came from God. Other people say it, it didn't. And who's right? And then I got a hold of a book called uh, How Satan Turned America Against God. <laughs> That'll make you think. All 900 pages of it. But um, I'll tell you something. Um, when it comes down to it, uh, God's solution is the same solution he's always had. God's solution is that with the problems we face are not new. There's 2,000 years of church history. There are lessons that we can learn. It's not new. And uh, what you find is God's solution is in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. Let's look at that. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. Jesus said this. He said, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. I want you to know tonight that the solution to the United States of America is not politics. It's not voting. It's you. And I want to be clear about it. It's not the church. Because if I say it's the church, you'll say, oh, it's everybody else. No, 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 no. I don't want you to get off the hook. It's you. It's not mainstream Christianity. It's not evangelicals. It is you. It's not the person next to you. It's not your pastor. It's you. And we need to get that. What we need is we need to be the salt of the earth. Jesus Christ died and he left a church and that's us. And we are supposed to be the salt of the earth. And there's a bunch of believers. They don't even know what that means. Amen. And so uh, I want to look at some things tonight, and I want, to, I want to go through some things about what that means, and I want you to leave tonight with one thing. You are the solution. You are the, and while we look at elections, and while we look at things going on, and while we see all these problems, and we think the Democrats, the Democrats, the Democrats, I'm telling you tonight, it's you. It's you. And if you're not right, this place isn't right. If, if this world is going to get any help, it's going to be through God's church and through the Holy Spirit that's inside of you because you're saved. And if it doesn't get help, it's because of you. Amen. Because you are the solution. Ye are the salt of the earth. You are. God's solution was never politics. Through how many empires, through 2,000 years of history, God's solution was always his church. And it's still his church. And he's not in heaven wringing his hand saying, Gabriel, what are we going to do? I don't know. You're the boss. He's not worried about it. He intends to use you just like he always intended to use you. The thing is, we've got to recognize it's the same God that great men of the past have had. It's the same Holy Spirit. We have to step up to the plate and say, Lord, I am the problem. Help me to be part of the solution. Work through me. Start a revival in me. I am what needs to be. I need to get right. I need to get right. I'm the salt of the earth. I am. And until we get a picture of that, until you get a vision of that, there is no hope. You can vote for whoever you want. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. You're the salt of the earth. There's a guy, his name is Alexis de Tocqueville. Whoever's heard of Alexis de Tocqueville? All right, okay. Praise the Lord. That's good stuff right there. He is a Francais from the France. <laughs> and so he came over in the 1800s, and he looked at our nation, and after France had a bloody revolution, and, and uh, they set up a godless uh, you know, uh, government, they wanted to pattern it after our own, but this guy, Alexis de Tocqueville, he came over and he looked and he said, what makes this nation great? What is it that's made the United States great? And this is what he said. I want you to hear what he said, and then uh, I want you to take it away. I want you to file this one away. He said, I saw for the greatness of the United States in her commodious harbors. It wasn't there. Her ample rivers. 
it wasn't there. Her fertile fields, her boundless forests, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich mines, her vast world commerce, her public school systems, her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. I looked for it in her democratic congress, her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Listen to this now. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and power. Where did he find what made America great? It was in the churches. It was in the pulpit. It was in the people. Ye are the salt of the earth. I'm talking about you, amen. You are. We can wear MAGA hats. And listen, I am probably right on the same page with you politically, but let's just face it. What made America great is not what Fox News is talking about. Amen. What made America great was God Almighty, Jesus Christ, Bible preaching, conviction, amen, and no minced words. That's what made us great, and you will not hear the Fox 5 talk about it, amen. You're not going to hear Sean Hannity get on there and talk about, well, here's what we need to get back to. They don't believe in that. But that is what made America great. And we will not be great if we get Ronald Reagan and apple pie. We won't be great until we get back to being the kind of church we're supposed to be. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. So Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth. And I want you to notice some things here. He says, but, ooh. If the salt has lost his savior, is that what it says? No, amen. That little letter I makes a big difference, doesn't it? You can't lose your savior, but it does say savor. You can lose your savor. What's your savor? It's your flavor. It's, it's your worth. It's, it's uh, you know, what makes salt worth being salt, amen. And uh, you want to have that. You want to have that savor, amen. If the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's thenceforth, I want you to read those words with me now. It is thenceforth what? Read them one more time. Boy, I tell you what, I tell you, sometimes I tell my church God's a jerk. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that, are you? <laughs> they know what I mean. But man, he said, good for nothing. Does that mean there are people in this room that are good for nothing? There are people that don't show up at a missions conference. They'll show up on Sunday morning and not Sunday night. Are they good for nothing? Are there believers out there that are good for... If I got up here and said, you're good for nothing. Yeah, how would that go over well? <laughs> Where will go? That guy up in Quebec. You know, let's drop his support. He's, a, he's an idiot, <laughs> you know? But when your Savior says you're good for nothing, you know what he says in 1 Corinthians 15? He says you were saved in vain. You were a waste of God's grace. That's 1 Corinthians 15. You can read it. It's in the first 10 verses. A waste of his grace. That's serious stuff right there. That's quite an accusation. Now, Jesus said, either you're the right kind of salt or you're the wrong kind of salt. If you're the right kind of salt, then you're the salt of the earth. If you're the wrong kind of salt, you're good for nothing except for what? Just walked on, just trampled. You know that's what's going on in churches all across. A mainstream Christianity is they walk on us like we're nothing because a lot of them really aren't anything. Amen. They are nothing, and they are trampled, and they don't have the power of God. They don't have the word of God. They've got some funny, bunny thing that when you look at it, it can mean anything because, uh, my, 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 when you look at them, they don't agree, you know. They don't have the word of God. They don't have the power of God. What's going on? They're good for nothing, and I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Amen. That's as much the word of God as John 3.16. Amen. Now, what did Jesus mean? What did he say? He said, uh, ye are the salt of the earth. Why would he say that? Why does he say you're the salt? What's that mean? Well, listen, in Jesus' day, salt was so valuable, it was like gold. That's pretty amazing to think of, you know? I mean, we just pour it out, and we just eat our food, and that's salt, you know, whatever, please pass the pepper. But uh, salt was so valuable back then that our word salary comes from a derivative of the word salt. And uh, what we say is, if a man is worth his what? Yeah, 
because they were paid in salt. The Roman armies were paid in salt. Something to think about right there. Let me ask you tonight. Are you worth your salt? I know somebody who loved you. I know somebody who died for you. I know somebody who bankrupted heaven for you. Are you worth your salt? Amen. You're the salt of the earth. Amen. You're the salt of the earth. This world, we know what a mess it is. They can't figure out what a boy and a girl is. This world is in a mess. It's a big-time mess. God's answer is you. You are the salt. God's solution is you. Amen. Are you worth your salt? Are you worth your salt? Amen. Uh, salt is a compound. It means you put a couple of things together. It's sodium and chloride. You know both of them are explosive. You put sodium in water and pa-boom, you know. And chlorine, that was used in World War I. It was a gas. It was used for killing the enemy. These are terrible, terrible things, sodium and chloride. But you know, only God can take two terrible things and put them together and make them, oh man, put it on your eggs in the morning, amen. <laughs> sodium chloride, you know what God did with you? He took you and your old sins and your old self and he put it all together and he gave you a new name. Instead of sodium chloride, it's salt and he gave you a new name in glory and he made you something worthwhile, amen. Ye are the salt of the earth, amen. And you ought to be. You ought to be a blessing. You ought to be worth something. You ought to be worth your salt, amen. You are the salt of the earth. And God did that. He took and he made a church, and that church is his salt. And he says, this is the cure for the world. It's the salt, amen. That's us. <clears throat> First of all, I want to say this, salt seasons. Salt seasons. So let's take and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse number 14, salt seasons, amen. So uh, Paul says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. So that means God's knowledge, it goes all over the place. It gets everywhere, you know, it's just all over the place. And the savor, that's like that same word we read over there in Matthew chapter 5, the salt has lost its savor. So he's talking right here about this, this savor, this, uh, I'm trying to think of a synonym, somebody help me out here, <laughs> you know, the flavor, and, and it gets everywhere, it's all over the place. And so he goes through there and he tells you this is just all over, for we are unto God, verse 15, a sweet, what? Savor of Christ in them that are saved, amen, and in them that perish. And so we're like God's salt, and uh, we are everywhere. And, you know, we're at a missions conference, and that's kind of what it's about, is that there are believers all over this place. And, you know, it's easy as Americans to kind of think, you know, we're the only ones on the map. But, you know, there are believers all over. The, they're in Antigua. They're in Australia. Uh, they're in Canada. They're all over the place. And as you go through church history, you really learn that. You really start to see that, man, there is just salt, and it's all over the place. Uh, there was a Roman Catholic who got saved. And he was a monk, and God showed him the truth. And that guy was Martin Luther. And man, did he ever salt the entire nation of Germany, and the next thing you know, the whole nation of Europe. And, you know, that stuff, it just spread throughout the world. There was a guy, he was a slave trader, and then he sold himself into slavery himself. And you probably know the guy, John Newton. He wrote Amazing Grace. And the story of that man, he was, he was a slave trader, and yet at the end of his life, he was influential in ending the slave trade. Man, that's that salt. It gets everywhere. It's all over the place. It's all over 2,000 years of church history. Salt, 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 salt. It's just all over the place. There were missionaries. They went to Ecuador, and those natives killed them. <laughs> and the wives took their children and said, we'll go in and we'll tell them the gospel, and they'll listen to us. And they did. And the salt it's just all over the place. You pick a place and you'll know there's a story. Amen. You can't find a place where there's not a story, where the salt, it just gets everywhere. It's all over the place. You heard about Billy Sunday, the professional baseball player. I mean, he would run and he would preach and he would stomp and he'd uh, preach the Lord Jesus Christ and he'd shake people's hands and bring them through. I mean, man, the power of God on that guy and just leading so many people to Jesus Christ. And uh, what that is, is if I went through and I started giving you examples, you could just go through and you could see just a pinch of salt in world history. 
because you'd see that just, just what God did, just, even just through a few people, it's just amazing. It's just a little pinch. And you see what God did, and it just gets everywhere. The gospel gets everywhere. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you this, that uh, salt, it seasons. And that seasoning is just all over the planet. But I want to tell you, you need to have salt in you. Amen. And Jesus said you need to have that salt in you. Colossians chapter 4. Look with me, if you would, at that verse. Colossians chapter 4, verse number 6. Colossians chapter 4, verse number 6. Amen. Colossians chapter number 4 and verse number 6. Colossians chapter 4. <clears throat> Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with what? Seasoned with salt. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. I'll tell you one thing, they got some questions today. It used to be, sir, what must I do to get saved, you know? <laughs> now it's, uh, how do you know there is a God? Well, what makes Christianity the only religion out there? You know, what's wrong with being homosexual? But we got some questions today. What's wrong with a boy deciding he wants to be a girl? I mean, man, who can even think of it? But we need to have answers. We need to study to show ourselves approved. I'll tell you one thing, we're not in the 50s or 60s anymore. Those questions, we know the answers to those in this room. There's new questions now. Are we getting answers? Are we still studying to stay up with the game? Amen. I think a lot of them aren't. A lot of them know the Romans Road, but look, I mean, look, they're beyond that now. The Romans Road, it doesn't do them a whole lot of good in many cases because they don't even know there's a God. Amen. How do you know the Bible's true? How do you know it's the Word of God? And I'm not trying to shake your faith by any means. I'm just saying we need to study and we need to have some answers and we need to be prepared because there's a whole world out there and the questions they're asking are not the questions that, that I was raised with. Amen. And we, we need to have answers. Amen. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. What's he mean by that, seasoned with salt? Man, I tell you, we ought to have some salt in our speech. We say some things and, I mean, it's just salty. Amen. Uh, I'll give you some examples. Billy Sunday, he said this. He said, I'm against sin. I'll kick it as long as I have a foot. I'll fight it as long as I have a fist. I'll butt it as long as I have a head. I'll bite it as long as I've got a tooth. And when I go home to glory, then I'll go home maybe fistless and footless and toothless, but I'll gum sin to death until I go home. <laughs> Amen. You know what that guy, he had, I guess you'd say grit. He had some grit, you know, and we need that right there. We need some grit in us. We need some salt in us. My dad had it. My dad had it. He'd tell a guy, he'd be talking to him about the Lord, and he'd say, what sin have you got that's worth going to hell over? Wow, that'll make you think. We need some of that in us, amen. We don't need to be nicey-wicey. We don't need to be passive, amen. I think the Bible says speaking the truth in what? Yeah, we ought to have that. But we ought to have some salt, amen. Amen. Little boy asks his mother, he says, Mom, would you give me a dollar if I'd be a good boy? She said, son, why don't you be good for nothing like your father? <laughs> you know what the problem is with believers? They're good for nothing. Jesus said so. Amen. They don't drink. They don't cuss. They don't dance. They don't smoke. They don't gamble. And they don't do anything else either. They don't soul win. They don't knock doors. They don't learn the Bible. They don't know how to witness to somebody and help them that, you know, start from the letter A. They don't know anything, amen. Uh, they don't affect the world. They don't endure persecution. They don't scare the devil. <laughs> That's the problem, brother. Good for nothing believers. And I want to I encourage you. I want to encourage you to, to just say, Lord, I am the salt. I want to get right with God. I want to be what I'm supposed to be. God, help me. Amen. And I don't mean the person next to you. Amen. Salt that has lost its savor. Salt, that's, it's good for nothing. It's good for nothing, amen. I'll tell you something else about salt. It preserves. It preserves. It prevents decay. It restrains corruption. Uh, it delays the rotting process. I'll tell you, if there ever was a day when we need the preserving power of the gospel, it is today. Amen. You know why they don't have the news where they're reading the news and they say something like, uh, 
Blankety blank blank China says it's going to protect its blankety blank grain harvest from record-setting drought by using blankety blank chemicals to generate rain. While blankety blank factories in the southwest waited Sunday, I mean, they just, you know, they don't cuss like that on the news, right? I mean, not typically. <laughs> but I don't think it'll be long before they do. But you know what's keeping them from talking that way to the general public? It's called the Judeo-Christian ethic. That's what it's called. What is that? It's the influence that the Jews have, Judaism, and it's the influence that the Christians have. Let me put it this way. It's the influence that this Bible has. Let me put it another way. You're the salt. You are the preserving power on this planet, keeping everything from just going to pot. Well, we can't say that. Why? Well, the Jews will be offended, and the Christians will be offended. Oh, well, okay, I guess we won't. But man, you watch Fox News and some of that stuff when they sit around, and it's the five, and I watch the news. I watch all kind of news. And I'm thinking, I can't believe they just said that. We're, get, we're inching closer and closer. There are world elite that do not look to the Bible and say, we need to get our nation back to the Bible. There are world elite that wanted it to be Rome, pagan Rome, before, you know, pre-Christian Rome. They have that in view for our nation right now and always did and never lost sight of it. And it's the Christians that get in the way. We're the preserving factor keeping this nation from just being completely ungodly, unsheeted, unadulterated filth. And when you look into history and you see the paganism, that's what it was. It was just all over the place. It was in every aspect. I read an encyclopedia. What a nerd. <laughs> and I like encyclopedias. What's wrong with me? It said that this kind of... Um, uh, uh, I forgot the word it used. I didn't put it in my notes there. But, I mean, um, just the filth was in every incident of life. The business, pleasure, literature, politics, arms, theater, the streets, baths, the games. It just goes through everything. And it was just talking about how everything was, was corrupt and was vile. Uh, you know... Uh, graffiti, it's nothing new. They did it back then, and the Greeks did it. I could just go through all kinds of examples, but I just want you to know, when Jesus came along, things changed. And things changed because of him, but things changed because of a church. And the early church, they were in that environment, and they were the salt that changed it and gave us what we have today. And here we are, the salt, and we're losing it. And we're the salt. And brother, I'll tell you, all the conspiracies, I just got to get this in, they all come down to one thing. Whatever conspiracy theory you read or you believe or you think or whatever you're, let me just tell you, it comes down to one thing. Let's go soul winning. It all comes down to what can you do if you really knew what was going on and you were in the boardroom with all the liberals and all the, if you really knew it with the world elite and if you really, what could you do? You couldn't do anything. I mean, really, you could go out and tell everybody you could try and start the little blog and get on the computer, but you really couldn't do anything. Your solution is the same solution we've always had, and it's God's solution. And he didn't save us to blog about conspiracy theories. He didn't save us to argue about COVID. He saved us to talk about his son. And that's why we're here, and that is the solution. And brother and sister, there's a lot of people that got derailed with COVID. And they got off into this thing, and it wasn't God's mandate for them. It's the same thing. Matthew 28, go ye into all the world and preach the what? And I don't read about COVID in the gospel, amen. But, I mean, there are believers that have made that their hang-up. And now every other thing comes along. They just get distracted. The orders haven't changed. Times may have changed to some degree. But, listen, when you look at church history, you find out we're not facing anything new. And our, our, our solution is still the same. It's us, and it's telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. Mm -mm -mm. <clears throat> uh, I want to tell you that salt preserves. Salt preserves. And when you think about it, and you remember over there in the book of Genesis, there was, uh, there was Abraham, and he was praying, and he's saying, Lord, so you're going to go down there, and you're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, Lord, what if there's some righteous people down there? And what was the Lord's answer? I'll do something about it. I'll, I'll spare them if, if you can find me some righteous people. Listen, if you're not right with God, do you realize God, he might just say, ah, oh, 
let it all break loose because uh, they're not they're not worth it. <laughs> what a mess! We're the ones holding back the wrath of God. Do you see that right there? We're the ones where God looks at this nation or maybe this region, and He says, "I'm not going to let it happen there because I've got a lot of believers there, and they love me, and I have plans for them." That's what happened. That's Genesis 18. And I'm telling you right now, you're the salt. You're the preserving factor. You are. And getting right with God and staying right with God and living in tune with God, all of those things, hey, you have more self-interest in that than you realize. Amen. It's, it's keeping the bills paid, keeping you happy and putting food on the table and keeping us from living in a communist, uh, a communist tyranny. Amen. Amen. It's, it's keeping the wrath of God from just, just the Lord saying, just destroy it all. Who cares? Amen. I am convinced that the presence and the prayers of salty Christians has done more to preserve this place than anything else we could name. Amen, amen, and amen. You're the salt of the earth. Oh, let me see. Salt purifies. Salt purifies. So you see it in the Bible in 2 Kings chapter 2, Elisha cleansed the waters at Jericho with salt. In Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 4, babies in ancient times were salted and there was some kind of purity, purification property there. Uh, salt in a wound can cleanse the, uh, the area of the wound and all that. And uh, salt, it purifies. And so, you know, we get upset because Look, you guys are going to go to work tomorrow, and I know it's hard to work in the world, and I know I hear, you know, the people I've got, they talk to me, and uh, the stuff they're facing, and my heart breaks for them, and you think, why can't we just all get together, and all of us Christians just, you know, work in the same place, and have a wonderful job, and a wonderful time? Well, for one thing, you'd be spending all your time fellowshipping, you'd get nothing done. <laughs> but the other thing is, is you're the salt, and he can't put it all in one place, he's got to spread it out. And so a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit. And so you feel all alone, but you're the salt. And they don't like me at work. Well, they're not supposed to like you. You're the salt, <laughs> you know? And so you're going to need to realize that it's okay. Listen, they're not going to like you because you're the thing that is, uh, yeah, you're not the earth. You're not the dirt. They're the dirt. You're the salt of the dirt. Amen. You're the salt of the earth. And so if they don't like you, it's because you're what you're supposed to be. You're the salt, amen. Uh, they don't want to cuss around you. They don't want to invite you to this, or they don't want to talk to you about that. You need to realize you're different, and you ought to be different. Amen. And stay different, because the day you become like them, them you've lost your savor. And you're good for what? Ow, that hurts. Good for nothing. And you lost your savor. And good for nothing but thrown out and trampled. Ugh, that's terrible. Amen. Uh, let me see what else we got here. <clears throat> amen. Don't even try to fit in. Don't even try to compromise. Amen. Don't even try to fit in the world. You are the salt. You are not the earth. Amen. Salt burns. That's another thing about salt is it burns, it irritates. Have you ever had a canker sore or something and then, you know, you uh, take a piece of tomato and you eat it and it's got salt on it and it's like, oh, I forgot about it and it just hurts. <laughs> oh, that's terrible right there, you know. Salt burns. Put a, they talk about salting a wound, you know, and how that hurts. It does hurt. It burns, amen. But I'll be honest with you. I think that one of our fortes as believers, especially where I'm at, is a very salty subject. It's called hell. And uh, there are a lot of believers, they want to avoid that subject, and they'll say, you know, well, if you'll pray this prayer, you'll go to heaven. That's the wrong way to approach it. Amen. Uh, they want this nicey-wicey, uh, let Jesus in your heart and all this kind of stuff. And I'm telling you right now, hell is our strong suit. Where I'm at, you tell them they're going, hey, if there is a God, you're going to hell. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know I'm right. I know I'm right. They know I'm right. <laughs> so if there is a God, and that's where you want them. You want them to know that if there is a God of this book that we love, then they are going to hell. They need to know that right there. It needs to be clear in their mind. And that hurts to tell somebody they're going to hell, but you cannot heal them with the gospel until you've hurt them with the truth. Amen. Uh, doctor, he said, uh, I, I may hurt you, but I'll never wound you. 
There's wisdom in that right there. A doctor will give a kid a shot. That hurts. And it's a little kid. What a jerk. He's not a jerk. He gives the shot. Why? Because he cares for the kid. He knows it's what the kid needs. But he's not wounding. There's a difference between hurting and wounding. You might have to hurt some feelings if you want to bandage them with the gospel. Amen. And one of the best ways to do it is say, you're going to hell. You know what? They'll get mad. <laughs> They'll get, that's where you want them. They'll start, why would you say that? Oh, I don't have time for this, but I'm going to throw it in anyway. My dad-in-law, this is the quick version. I've been married 32 years. And so for, because before I got married, I was talking to him. So over 30 years, I was talking to my dad-in-law. And every time I would get with him, he'd, he'd ask, we'd stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning talking, you know, Jace, am I saved? And I'd say, well, yeah, you're saved. You asked Jesus to be your Savior, right? And I'd pull out the Bible, and I'd show him all the verses. Next year, Jace, am I saved? Well, yeah, you're saved. Let me show you. I showed you these verses last year. I'll show you some more verses. Next year, you guys know where I'm going? This is the fast-forward version. 30 years later, Jace, am I saved? Mike, you're going to hell. You're just going to burn forever. What? <laughs> you know that got more done than all the 20-whatever years before of showing them, showing them the verses? I heard his feelings. And I didn't tell him how to get saved. And I didn't show him the verses. And it was two years later when he brought it up again. Why would you tell me that? And I didn't tell him. I said, why do you think I told you that? It's not telling him. It's not answering. You know, we've been so quick to pray this prayer. Repeat after me. And that's not the way the Holy Spirit does it. Amen. You know where he's at today? He's in church. And he loves it. And I think unwittingly I did him an injustice all those years because I was so eager to show him God does love you and you're okay and you trusted Christ and you're saved look if he wasn't saved he needed to hear it if he was saved he's going to heaven there's no loss <laughs> amen you need to hurt some feelings salt burns it burns but I'll tell you something else salt heals amen it's an antiseptic it has healing properties uh, it's got a lot of good stuff you know salt heals it's good stuff he says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, think of the United States, and pray and seek my face, think about our politics, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin, and will what? What? Man, that is the solution, brother, sister. That is the solution right there. I mean, I don't know who's going to be mad at me talking about you know, Donald Trump and the voting and the elections. Probably I have made no friends. But I really don't give a rip. <laughs> I know this guy. I know what he says. And I know the response. And I know what the book says. And if you want the response, the land will only get healed when the people get right. That's the recipe. That's what he says. Amen. And salt, it does heal. Amen. But, uh, brother, you're the salt. And if people don't get saved, then we just go to pot. If you don't live for God, then we just go to pot. Amen. You know... If you think about it, the elections and all the other stuff and all the stuff going on, do you think there's a possibility that God could do something outside of elections of his own accord through the power of the Holy Spirit and the prayers of his saints and accomplish something much greater when the wrong guy's in office? So the, 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 the elections really aren't the solution. You are the solution. Amen. I'll tell you this. A lot of this message comes from because I was preaching to myself because I was just so mad about everything going on. And uh, the Lord had a word with me. <laughs> Salt penetrates. It gets everywhere. It goes all over the place, amen? It just gets everywhere. Uh, you take a pinch of salt, you put it in a gallon of water, and it just goes all over the place. And, you know, the early church, man, they went everywhere. And some of them going everywhere was because God, now I say this with all reverence, was being a jerk, <laughs> persecution. Lord, don't you love us? I'm evangelizing. We don't have missions conferences yet. And so he would scoot them along through persecution and they'd go everywhere. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And what we have today is we have mega churches and we have these big churches that get together and you know what they are? They're glorified salt shakers. All the, shake, the salt is inside there and the salt's not going everywhere. I got to tell you, we got just a few people up there, but I got a powerhouse and the few people I've got. And I've got French 
Canadian Ruckmanites. What do you do with that? <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, first of all, the, the French Canadians, they think all oh, the Americans, they think they have everything. They think they're the best. They think they're the only ones on the map, you know. Um, how does that go? Uh, you know what a person is that speaks, uh, uh, how does that go? I'll probably have to give you that one later. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what a person is that speaks three languages? Trilingual. You know what a person is that speaks two languages? Bilingual. You know what a person is that speaks one language? American. <laughs> and that's what they think of us. Amen? But uh, the thing is, is that uh, there's a lot of truth to that right there. Is that, um, man, and uh, that had something to do with my notes. It did. It really did. Amen. Uh, but, yeah, so, um, so I've got some people, and my people, man, they're, they're French-Canadian Ruckmanites. That is an accomplishment. In other words, they think, oh, yeah, the Americans, of course they have the best Bible. But these guys, they go, they got the best Bible. It's in English. It's not in French. And I was, I was talking tonight, you know, before services, and because we have a bilingual church, they see the French and the English, and a lot of them are bilingual, and a lot of them go, hey, why does the French say that? It's the opposite. And I have to tell them the King James Bible. And then eventually I start explaining. Amen. Amen. That's really, it's really something what God has done. Amen. Basalt, it gets everywhere. It penetrates. It gets all over the place. Amen. Uh, 1985 in New Orleans, Louisiana, there was a celebration, and they were celebrating because the park commission had just gone through the entire summer without one drowning. And so they were celebrating. It was a big deal. They had all the lifeguards there. They had everybody there. And uh, later on that evening, during the celebration, it was toward the end of the celebration, four lifeguards looked in the bottom of the pool, and there was a fully dressed man down there in the bottom of the pool. What happened? They were all celebrating. They were all excited. And they weren't doing their job. You know, that is a lot of Christianity today. That's a lot of the mega churches. So this is kind of where I was going a moment ago is that our church, our little church, we get out there and we put out gospel tracts all over the place as a church, and we get out there, and it's legal to put them in mailboxes. Don't try it here. And so uh, if you do uh, use, uh, <laughs> you could stamp your tracts with another church's address. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Okay, we'll move on. So uh, there it's legal, here it's not, but we can do it, and we go just all over the place and put tracks all over the place up there, just like when they came up, amen? And uh, that salt that just, it penetrates, it gets everywhere. It's not just in the salt shaker. That's God's plan for us, is to be everywhere. Okay, so I'm going to conclude. We're going to finish, amen? Praise the Lord. You guys have been incredibly patient, praise the Lord. But it's a long conclusion, so, amen. But this is the conclusion officially. Where in the Bible... Can you find anybody who was salt? Ye are the salt of the earth. Is there a Bible example of that? Yeah, Lot's wife. Lot's wife. Ye are the salt of the earth. Isn't that a good thing? Right? Who thinks it's a bad thing? We're 45 minutes into this, and you think it's a bad thing? Who thinks it's a bad thing? Raise your hand. Okay, praise the Lord. All right, so ye are the salt of the earth. That's a good thing, I think. Are we convinced here? Okay. But Lot's wife turned to salt. Isn't that a good thing? It's not a good thing, is it? No, that was a really bad thing. So the one case we have in the Bible where somebody is actually salt, and that's a bad thing. Tell me why that is. And, you know, let's just face it. The Lord had a lot of ways he could have handled the situation, you know. And he doesn't consult me. <laughs> Amen. Let's look at Genesis chapter 19, amen. <laughs> Verse number 26. Genesis chapter number 19 and verse number 26. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became what? A pillar of salt. Now, I mean, there's a lot of, she could have exploded. That would have been cool. <laughs> She could have disintegrated. Well, she vaporized, you know. There's a lot of really creative ways that this thing could have been handled. She could have been turned to stone, you know. 
but instead, he made her a pillar of salt. You know, God doesn't do anything without a reason. Lord, why'd you do that? You know, I believe you should read your Bible. Yeah. You know, I believe you should think. You know why a lot of you don't like reading your Bible? Because you don't like thinking. And because you just want to get through your chapters so you're a good Christian. You know why some people don't want to think? They're afraid of what they'll find. Amen. So, Lord, why did you do that? Why did you turn this lady into salt? I want you to look with me at Luke chapter 17. <clears throat> we are winding down. Luke chapter number 17. And look with me, if you would, please, at verse number 28. Luke 17, 28. This is interesting. Luke 17, 28. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, and they drank, and they bought. Oh, my. They sold, they planted. Isn't that terrible? They built it. I just, I can't believe that's in the Bible. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So look at that list again and tell me what the sin is. Luke chapter 17, verse number 28. It's, it's building. You're not supposed to build, right? It's drinking. They drank. Does it say alcohol? No, it just says they drank. Have you drank today? You sinners. <laughs> Amen. What is the sin? They bought. Oh, that's it. No, that's not a sin. They sold? Nope. They planted. There's your sin right there. No, that's not a sin. So what is it? What did, they, what did they do that's so wrong? What, did, what was done here that's, oh, it's homosexuality, right? Now, if you wrote the Bible, that's the sin you would have put, but that's not in there. And you think that's the one thing that should be in there. Boy, there's something to this. This is going somewhere. What is it? Why did he turn her into salt? And what is going on right here? Two places, Deuteronomy 29, verse 23. What I want you to see from this right here, Luke chapter 17, is they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that what? That's what it's saying. They just forgot God. They left God out. They just went on with their life as if God's not even there. You know what? There are believers that do that, saved and on their way to heaven. And you know, that's the problem with Lot's wife is... She looked back, and she liked it back there. She liked it in Sodom. She wanted to be like them. She liked how they planted. She liked how they built it. She liked what they drank. She liked what they did. Look with me at Deuteronomy 29, verse 23. Deuteronomy 29 and verse number 23. <clears throat> and that the whole land thereof is brimstone, and what? Hmm. And burning that is not sown, nor beareth, nor any grass groweth therein, like the overthrow of what? So the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah was an overthrow where things were turned into what? And you know, here's Lot's wife, and she's running for her life, and she has almost made it to safety, and she's thinking to herself, but I liked it back there. I liked those people back there. I had a good life back there. And she wanted to be like them, and she had become like them, and she looked back, and God said, you want to be like them? I'll make you like them. They're salt now, and so are you. She became the wrong kind of salt. Here's the other passage, Judges chapter 9, verse 45. Judges chapter 9. Back then, in ancient times, and you probably know this, when they had an enemy, they would take the land, and after they'd conquered them, they'd salt it. Why'd they do that? So you couldn't grow anything. So that that land would be just forever just a wasteland. And God does the same thing. That's what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Those guys, they're my enemies. I've had it. I've given them enough, enough length. I've given them enough of a chance, and they've blown it. Now I'm going to destroy their cities, and I'm going to salt them. And that's what he did. Look with me at Judges chapter 9, verse number 45. 
And Abimelech fought against the city all that day, and he took the city and slew the people that was therein and beat down the city and sowed it with... It wasn't for putting on the eggs. Amen. He did that because he said, I'm going to finish this place off for good. So he salted it. Amen. And that's what God did to Sodom and Gomorrah. The idea was, these guys are my enemies. I've conquered them. I'm finished with them. And I'm going to make the place salty. And you know what? In the Old Testament, the Dead Sea was called the what? You know where Sodom and Gomorrah are? They're in the region of the Salt Sea. Amen. And so the Lord turned her into salt. Why did he turn her into salt? Because she decided in her heart she's going to be the wrong kind of salt. You're the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? God turned her into salt. If you're not the right kind of salt, you'll be the wrong kind of salt. And if you're going to be like the world, you'll be like the earth. You may not be earth, you're salt, but you're the wrong kind of salt. You're like Lot's wife. And God didn't save you to be like Lot's wife. You are the solution. The church has always been. We don't have to be smart. We don't have to be talented. We don't have to be beautiful. All we have to be is in tune with God. And he does the rest. Amen. And his solution is us. It was us. It's always been us. And it is us today. And we got to get that in us. Living for God is just that important. It's not the Democrats. It's not the liberals. It's not the pharmaceutical companies lobbying. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. It's, it's you. And when you get that, when you get enough of that in you, then maybe you can start to live for the Lord and maybe you can start to affect the region around you. You are the salt. And until you get that in you, don't complain because you're the problem. You're the reason. And if you're not living right for the Lord, I'm telling you, you're the problem. Amen. Because you're supposed to be the solution. God help us. Lord Jesus, bless us, I pray, as only you can. And I've poured out my heart. And I, Lord, I know you've told me these things and spoken my heart about these things, Lord. Help us to take seriously this thing about being the salt, about being pure and being what purifies. And Lord, help us, God, to be what preserves and holds back your wrath from just being released like it was on Sodom and Gomorrah, Lord. God, may we hurt people. We don't want to wound them, but, Lord, may we hurt them, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be the salt like we're supposed to be. And thank you for the patience of the saints tonight. I pray, Lord, this has been a help to them as it's been a help to me. In Jesus' name, amen.